Hey there, everybody. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to go ahead and offer the usual disclaimer. As the name would suggest, I'm just an average guy. I'm not a theologian, and I have no Bible degrees of any sort. The topics covered in this podcast are the results of my own study and understanding, and any and all opinions expressed are just that, my own opinions. I encourage everyone listening to treat this not as an end-all be-all for your understanding, but as a jumping-in point for your own study. I hope that the verses and perspectives provided inspire you to cultivate further growth in your spiritual walk. Now with all that out of the way, let's get into the episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to An Average Account of Exceptional Things. My name is Chandler, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So for this week's episode, we are going to be revisiting that format, that discussion segment type of layout with a scripture spotlight episode. And as with the previous episodes, we do have a special guest on with us today to share some scripture that is personally meaningful and add to that discussion. So would you like to introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah. Uh, my name's Robbie. I am from Eastern Tennessee. Uh, I also help out at my church's uh, youth group as kind of like a chaperone um, or worker, and I have my own Sunday school class also in the youth department. Awesome. So uh, we were talking before, we were looking at these verses that you brought, and it did jump out at me that these are both going to be Old Testament verses which I personally love a lot because I hear a lot of sermons out of the New Testament and not as much out of the Old Testament. So I'm very excited for this discussion. Well, I mean, I I feel like there was a youth conference that I went to once where uh, they had made up this whole thing where a pro football dude comes out of nowhere with some Old Testament wisdom. And it's like, oh, that's old school, baby, type situation. And there's just a lot that you can gleam, even though it feels like it's kind of irrelevant because it was back in the day for the Hebrews, which is way back in the day for us. And we have had an episode on uh, the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, as some of our longtime listeners may be aware. And I think that that's important to recognize. You know, yes, we are under New Covenant uh, law now, but at the same time, God's character is unchanging, and there's so much to learn about who God is and how we should still behave as Christians from the Old Testament scripture, because all that is is unchanging throughout. So, I agree. So if you want to go ahead and uh, read that first verse, and we can get right into discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my first verse is Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. So this is a really keystone verse for my youth group because in today's world in the society that we're in uh, sin any kind of detrimental thought is very easily snuck into uh, our day-to-day lives it's coming at us constantly from media in any respect what I have gleaned personally from this is having that accountability so a man sharpens another man go kind of in reverse surrounding myself um, and encouraging our kids to surround themselves with those good meaningful relationships other Christians that you can trust 
because not that we want to live closed off from the world because we are supposed to go out and tell everybody what Jesus has done for us, but that we have that accountability and somebody that we can go to if we get kind of T-boned or sidelined, whatever, because it is easy to trip up, to fail to our anxieties, our fears, anything like that. Yeah, and I think there was a study done a while back about human behavior, and it said that essentially we are the average of, I believe it was our five closest or seven closest friends. I'm sure someone will correct me on that. But that just goes to show the importance of surrounding yourself with strong Christian influences to help keep yourself on track as well as being able to be that for someone else. So, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually got very lucky in uh, my early days, probably 10 to 12-ish, getting into my initial church, um, having two guys uh, really take me under their wings and be those figures for me. Um, I, like to, I like to always tease them that they're both my Pauls and uh, I'm their Timothy, uh, just so that I can, I can encourage them, and, but also set that benchmark that, yes, I, I have this respect for you, but I also need you to pour into me as well. Um, but I will also call them out whenever I feel like they may be getting off track, just like I would expect them to call me out when I'm getting off track. Um, and then to go back kind of to the beginning of it, the iron sharpening iron, if you think about, and I mean old school, look it up on YouTube, I found a couple of uh, really neat ironsmithing videos, but the forging process of a blade, like especially a, a katana, from feudal Japan, they put those things through absolute torture, but then what comes out on the other end of it is something really beautiful to look at, not to mention incredibly effective in what it's supposed to be doing. So if we have those, and you were talking about the circle of five, I've actually heard that too. Um, Our youth pastor likes to say, show me your five closest friends and I can tell you who you are. going through all of these things but having those people that can come up and rebuke you but like in love rather than haha I'm better than you get wrecked um, that's really what we need because anymore it's super easy to just jump onto somebody you've messed up I'm better than you be like the Pharisees like how holy I am because I didn't mess up the way you did when you're messing up in your own ways and just trying to be blind to that. Yeah, and I think that an important description here, or a distinction rather, is the difference between you know someone who is seeking after God and then someone who is maybe in an unrepentant sin. You know, I think those are two different scenarios, but in either we have specific instructions and an example laid out in Scripture for that. You know, there are instructions for church discipline, so to speak, laid out in scripture and how you can address that, as well as, like you mentioned, being able to help each other in a, in a fellowship, iron sharpens iron sort of scenario where maybe someone is just making a mistake, uh, but they are earnestly seeking after God. I think that those are two different situations, but in neither uh, do I see a, a prescription to approach it with this haughty air of 
of looking down your nose at someone, kind of like you were describing there. And something else that you said that I really liked was use the phrase that people were pouring into you and vice versa. I think that that's a good visualization of how we are as Christians. You know, we're like a cup or a vessel, and if you're always going out and pouring into others and sharing the gospel with others, but you never have someone there to help refill your cup, then eventually you're going to find yourself uh, empty and unable to go out and share with others as effectively as you could. Right. Awesome. So I guess we can go ahead and transition over into the second verse that you brought here. I believe you mentioned this was from Ecclesiastes. Yes, sir. It is Ecclesiastes 9.10, and it goes, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. I know that that turns a little dark there at the end, but um, this one is very personal to me because when I was first getting into church, when I first got saved, um, it was around about me being 10 or 11 and then being accepted in uh, into the church that I first started really going to um, and trying to make those friends and connections. I got involved with a puppet troupe there that was more for the youth group um, at the time. And that was our like mantra verse, if you will. And I'm, yeah, it kind of shoehorns because we're doing puppets and it immediately talks about hands and what you're doing with them. But looking into it a little bit deeper as I, I've grown up, um, the thinking about what I'm actually doing with the time that God has given me here, am I really trying to work towards expanding the kingdom of heaven? Am I really trying to work towards people being able to see Christ through me? Or am I really just trying to set myself up as, oh, well, this guy is so great in these ways? Or even the negative, this guy is not so great in these ways. Um, but that I really need to go all in or even full force as the best of my abilities can um, for God while I'm here. Because when it's over, it's over. I'm, I'm saved. I'm going to move on to heaven so what's getting left behind in my wake? So am, am I passing on any of that wisdom? Am I passing on any of that experience or anything that I've learned to do to the next generation? Or am I just like, haha, I got, I, I got my, uh, at church we would make the joke about fire insurance. I'm saved, but now I'm going to sit back and not do anything. So I'm going to go to heaven, but I'm not going to worry about my other man. So like, hi, I got my fire insurance. Bye, guys. When I'm gone, I'm gone. And what am I really leaving behind with this little bit of time that we have? Because even God said, our life is but a vapor. It's here and then it fadeth away. I mean, really, when you think about it, I got possibly 60 to 80 years. What can I do in that amount of time? And thinking about it in even in a smaller scope, if it were like a, if my life were a work day, I got 80 years or eight hours. Am I goofing off at work? Or am I getting things accomplished? Am I goofing off in my life? Or am I getting things accomplished for Christ? Yeah, and this is getting a little off topic here perhaps, but speaking of puppets, for anyone who is looking for a good way to fill a few minutes, go to YouTube and look up Bethlehemian Rhapsody. 
It is a puppet show, and it is set to the tune of Bohemian Rhapsody by the band Queen, but it tells the traditional Christmas story. So it's very entertaining, just thought I would share that. But when I hear this, you know, I'm reminded of a verse, I think it's Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, and it talks about how God's word will not return void. And that's something that I've drawn on personally, particularly uh, doing this podcast and starting out when things were going a little slower than I had hoped, or on even now days where things go a little slower than I might hope, being able to, to turn to that and draw on that and remind myself that the word is going out and it will not return void. Have you encountered situations like that in your life as well? I would have to say so. Um, I mean, even going back to the previous point, um, I've found myself in a situation now um, through my work life that I've encountered people where they weren't really super involved in church. Like, they grew up in it. They kind of have paid attention to it. They have some principles and some ideas of what true faith in Christianity should be about, but don't really know how to really apply that to their lives. So then that can open up a discussion where um, I've had plenty of meaningful discussions at the past job I just had with some of my coworkers about, well, hey, Robbie, you you go to church. What, What do you think about this? What do you know about this? And then what could have been a five minute conversation of, well, this is where I'm at, turns into a two or three hour conversation while we're trying to get things done um, that really can spark even more conversation. So not that I'm like, oh yeah, I totally got all the answers. Let's, let, let's just sit down and absolutely crack open the Bible and I'm just, I'm going to beat you with my, my super knowledge of, but being able to just have that conversation that could be the seed that's planted. So maybe it's not necessarily me that's getting anything accomplished, which really we shouldn't look at it that way. God's using us to reach out to other people, but that we are able to have those meaningful conversations so that we can get things into people's mind and maybe break down some of the perceptions and uh, stigmas or stereotypes around our faith. Yeah, and hearing what you said there, you know, I think that a lot of times for people it can be a barrier to sharing the gospel or to talking about their faith with others, they feel like they don't have all the the super scripture knowledge. And while that can definitely be helpful, I think that we shouldn't let that stop us. You know, as long as we are earnestly studying, I think that our knowledge will grow over time. But knowing that you have a strong foundation and understanding of scripture, even if you can't rattle it off right away from memory, I think is enough to make sure that you're not Uh, leading someone astray, especially not leading someone astray intentionally. And then you can go back and provide those scripture references to back those things up at a later time. And I also think about something that I heard uh, a few years back now, I guess. It was uh, a man talking to his son, and he mentioned this idea of, well, you may not be that excited about what you're doing, whether it's your vocation or something that you're doing to help someone else you know is the right thing to do, but you're not really uh, super pumped about it, so to speak. He said, well, if God asked you to mow his lawn, would you be excited about that? Would you be amped up about that? He said, well, yeah, of course. Like, it's God's lawn. I don't know if God has a lawn or not, you know, but I think the idea is 
is worth mentioning that, you know, whatever we're called to do, that we should do it joyfully, that we should do it to the best of our ability, like this scripture says here that you've brought. And a lot of times I've found myself falling into this trap of seeing people who do missions work or, you know, great pastors or ministers. And I say, wow, they're just, they're like a super Christian. You know, I hope that one day I could be as great of a Christian as them. But ultimately, I think that the best kind of Christian to be is the one who's doing what God has called you to do to the absolute best of your ability. Whether that is something that that seems more glamorous, like missions work, or whether it's teaching Sunday school to five-year-olds, you don't know the seed that you're planting, like you brought up. And something that I also heard recently discussing uh, missions work with some individuals who have been a little involved in that field was that there are two categories of people. There are those who go and those who send, and that they felt like we were all called to be in one of those groups, but you don't necessarily have to go abroad or even domestically and serve in a missions field to support missions. And I think that if we were all called to go or we were all called to send, that just wouldn't work. You know, logistically, logically, you have to have both of those categories, and that's why it's so important to be about the work that God has laid out for you to do and earnestly to the best of your ability. Would you agree with that? I absolutely agree. And I mean, talk about like going overseas or even domestically doing mission work. Yeah, that's like the rock star, the way to be. But like you said, I think it was great that you said it's a trap that we can fall into that mentality um, that Billy Graham, Billy Graham is out there doing all these great things, winning all these people to the Lord. And here I am just having a conversation with a friend at work. Well, to my friend at work, if that's the only exposure, if that's the only route that they could see God through, that can mean everything to them. So it really shouldn't be about a numbers game. It's whether or not we're following the path that God's laid before us. And if we're using what tools he's given us to the best of our abilities to do what he's, he's leading us to do. So I think that, that that's an excellent point that we really shouldn't harp on ourselves that like, well, such and such over here has won 10,000 people to the Lord. And I don't, I can't say that I have, well, maybe you didn't do it directly, but you could have planted a seed that grew into something later on. You were, you were that first bit of step for somebody to really come to an understanding and a relationship with God. And that is every bit as important. Yeah, and I would agree. It is, it's definitely not a numbers game in the way that we think of it. I think that we often talk about faith with regards to you know believing in God and salvation, but I think it also takes a lot of faith to work earnestly and trust that God is using that work that you're doing uh, and, and that it's going out and that it's effective because often we don't see the results. Like you mentioned, planting the seed I think is a great uh, visual for that because we can plant a seed and we may never see you know, a massive oak tree in that place where we planted it. But one generation or two generations down, they'll look out and see this, this big strong tree all because of that little bit of work that we put in you know, all that time ago. Right. So, awesome. Well, is there anything else you'd like to talk about while we're going? 
I think that will about sum it up for me. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've really enjoyed having you, and I hope that you've enjoyed being on as well. Everyone, thank you for listening. And this is going to officially conclude our Scripture Spotlight episode with guest speaker Robbie. Thanks for having me. Like I said at the beginning, I encourage everyone listening to use the topics covered in this episode as a gateway into your own study of God's Word. Hopefully one of the verses mentioned or perspectives offered has inspired you to dig deeper and further your understanding of who God is, and then take that understanding and apply it to your daily walk. With all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Count of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings.